We're on! Yeah! <laughs> Kick off your shoes. Kick off your shoes and relax your Ooh. feet. Podcast going down at the monkey brain. Let's kick it. Just kick it. Hey. Hey. Grab your kiki gel latte with us, please. Cheers, Ah, my man. Cheers to you. Let's get chattering, my little monkeys. Let's chatter, monkeys. Mm. Kiki chai latte. Kiki chai latte. Not the best. We still haven't found a kiki chai latte in the neighborhood. Yes, yes. We might have to make our own. We'll see. Well, we keep going to different local establishments because we want to help out local businesses. Yeah, you got to support the community. Right? But service (laughs) below satisfactory. Look, they just sucked. Like, they're great-looking places. Yeah. But as far as the chai goes, lack of spicy flavor and no love. You can taste no love in the making of the chai. When you have a business... It's product, service, price. And really, you're only going to hit two of the three, right? So, in this case, we won't say any names, but the product, the service, yeah, definitely were not good. And I thought the price was good. But, you know, then you start to think, dang, I wasted money. Yeah. In general, on something. We came back and had to put more coffee into Oh, yeah. Drink. When I came <laughs> home, I made a little bit extra coffee to add to my drink. Yeah. So, I actually paid more for my drink. You did. Because I had to add my own ingredients. And your time cost. And my time cost. Because my time is so important and expensive. You do charge for your time. I do. We or I should charge more. We should charge more for our time, basically. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Um, so welcome back, you guys. If you listen to part one, uh, or I mean, this is definitely going to be like a long podcast, but it's going to continue on to where we left off, and we'll probably delve into other things after that. Most likely. Um, but we were talking about the topic of sex and. I had definitely got to uh, speak uh, on my soapbox of sex. And a little recap, I think we were talking about, um, I guess, our approaches and basically how we have, we're kind of polar opposite. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, salt, or, or not salt, and vinegar and honey. Vinegar and So I think uh, in my head, I. I mean, yeah, see, I don't even know how to articulate because what I, what I do take from last podcast is we used words like, um, vanilla or very normal sex or love yeah, making. Yeah, which is an, it's not accurate yeah, at yeah. all, but, uh, But in the sense of, like, comparison of, I think we were trying to break down what is the motivators behind sex. Yeah. And then we also, like, were talking about what defines sex in some ways, right? Yeah. There are things that are sex related. And then there's actual behavior of sex, and we were trying to talk about what that was. And I think when we get into words and we try to find things, it's hard because that's ambiguous. You know, I think everybody, it's based on their ethics and values on what they think things constitute as sex. I think a really common thing 
that we hear about what constitutes sex is something like French kissing or a blowjob, right? Yeah. Like, so those lines also, like, you know, could be, it depends on an individual or the couple and what they decide is what it is. So. Yeah, because you hear a lot of, uh, we also talk about, I think, religion too, but now mashing the two together. Um, like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Barbies, we mash them together. You did that, right? No. Okay. Well, that's just me. Um, <laughs> I uh, don't play with toys like that. Yeah, uh, the, religious, the religious hang ups are the, the, the religious <laughs> sort of um, skewings of sex, where some you could be you can literally be convinced in certain religions that like anal sex is not sex mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's totally fine and, and whatnot so it's really important or was it not it was just because it wasn't spoken about what no no no, no. I literally I've talked to people and they're like yeah they don't consider anal oral any it's not sex because it's, it's not a, it's not it's not vaginal and penile vaginal penetration because it's um, not a it hasn't been addressed no, they're addressing it. No, 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 no. In text, in scripture, it's not addressed. Like, it's not like in scripture. It's know. like, thou shalt not, you know, lay with each other. You yeah. Know, in, thou that's shalt like not in, enter the exit. Yeah, or something like right, that, right? right. It's thou like, shalt use the front door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, here's the thing, though. Look, I'm not, we're not scholars of <laughs> religious texts. It's yeah, just yeah, FYI. Yeah. FYI. Um, but, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. Exactly. And now, I know that people, there's going to be that one person that's going to be like, well, actually, sodomy does not uh, mean only anal sex. It could pertain to any alternative to sex beyond the vaginal sex. They're going to say that. Some asshole is going to say that. And I'll say to that asshole, just don't be, don't, don't, don't just don't. Just fucking go. <laughs> Don't be uh, combative about things. Uh, yeah, but Simon yeah. and Gore. Simon and Gore. They were butt-fucking all over the place and got destroyed. That tells me one or two things. I'll know after I'm done talking. One, it tells me that they were doing something that they're associating with anal sex that was super naughty to do. And if they're telling you, you know, not to have sex before marriage and doing all this stuff... And this other act was also so bad that they destroyed cities. Well, to me, that puts it on the, the same playing field religiously if you want to talk about it. So to say anal sex is not sex seems a little hypocritical, hypocritical to me. What says you? So there's two things to look at first at anal sex. First off, it's not promoting life. It's not procreation. Right. Second thing, and I think what Solomon Gomorrah shows is that means that a man does not have to rely on a woman for sex. And so for some, for religion, religions, I think in general, tend to not encourage homosexual relationships because they think that that takes away from growing the population. Like, if you look at religion in... I mean, no matter what, like, not in the degree every religion is like this political movement, but it's in some sense organizing people and it needs to grow, right? 
And I think like if you look at something like the Old Testament in Judaism, it's hella strict. You know, it's very much the the it's only this set of people that have to follow this set of rules, right? And then you look at like as like Christianity comes in, it's a little bit more lax, more inclusive, but there's still these rules. And then Islam comes in and it's a different type of inclusion, but there's still these more strict rules. Again. You know what I mean? And it's because that definitely Islam is a political movement. I think Old Testament can be kind of considered a political movement because you have to take the Hebrews and you have to like save them. Then you have to have them grow, right? So it's all strict. Then Christianity is kind of more like, no, no, no. You know, let's bring everybody together. And it needs to have more of a universal language. And then Islam is like, let's have that universal language, but we're also trying to establish an empire off of this. You know what I mean? Muhammad was like creating an empire. So the rules get really strict. So when you go back to sex in religion, I think it is always strict in that sense because it needs it needs its people to be making people. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's always the backbone of it. But they're also shaming that it's like you can make people, but you have to make people in this very specific way. Right. So that's one part, one side of it, I think. The other side is the sin side. You know what I mean? And we go back, we joke around about like, and I tell you, because, you know, we've both been in other countries, like in America, it's so shameful to use the bathroom. Right. You know? Yeah. And we talk about like, that's kind of like, feel like maybe a little bit of like a Puritan or even like a Catholic origin, Mm -hmm. like this shame of our bodies and stuff. And um, I think that kind of connects to that too, Mm -hmm. because it goes back to the stories where it's like, oh, we were using our bodies and we weren't supposed to, you know, I'm already ashamed of that. Why am I going, you know, and you can just complexity, like it, it goes. If you're approaching something with a lens that you need to find the evidence to tell you that this is bad, you're going to find it, right? In scripture. Mm. Right? You could probably find anything you want in scripture. You could. That's And that's the scary part. Yeah. That's why the... You can... And it's a spectrum of perception. Right? You can be, like, very liberal and find some, like, solace in this concept of God and his evidence of his behavior of how he is for human beings... And he's going to save everybody at the end and everything. Or you could... Plumbing, don't that's mind our, that. That's our uh, fucking sink demon. Yeah, that's don't our sink demon. Don't worry about the sink demon. Oh, we're talking about God. That's why that's happening. Down Under yeah. is like upset. Down Under. Down Under. Uh, the thunder. <laughs> or you could be like that extreme side where you're just so compulsive that everybody's got to be following your doctrine or your dogma or something, right? <clears throat> so... You know, it's whatever lens you want to look at it. So then that's like what I mean by like sex, right? We are conditioned growing up. However, our parents or the way we are raised portrayed sex to us. And I think for us, we have our parents and then we have school. And because it was like kind of the 90s and then early 2000s, like I would think in those early years, right, when you're starting to, like, realize you're actually a boy becoming a man, and you're having all these weird changes, like, puberty hits, pubic hair, wet dreams, you know, you're getting hard all the time, 
like that age is like so much anxiety. Yeah. I think I stopped wearing jeans for like a couple years just because it just was so uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, like things like that. It, it's a lifestyle change when you hit puberty for a second. I know women there or young women go through their stuff too. But it, it's it is anxiety for young boys as well, right? And that as well. Like I'm going through puberty. I I just went back there. Oh shit! Oh shit! I'm going through puberty right now. But yeah, right. And then you you're trying to associate what you are, and yet okay, these urges are because I have a dick, or, and I need, I'm supposed to. Apparently, I can make children with this if, you know. I had no clue because the internet wasn't around when we were going through puberty. That came very shortly after. And I didn't have anyone that talked to me about sex. No one told you me. didn't go to sex ed, though? Yeah, but sex ed was like, here's how you make babies. Okay, I get it. Like, I know okay. babies, but like, I didn't understand. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, What's the point of sex? What's the. But I mean, at least you were able. Yeah, I knew that. Okay, okay. Yeah, and my parents left a booklet with, with sketches. Like a, like a, they, did they do the sketches? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. And oh, you know, I, I would have, I no. would have been see, like, can like you? your mom, you, because your mom's an artist, she could draw. <laughs> my family is artistic at all, so like, even if they were, they're not the type to be like, let me personalize this sexual <laughs> education experience. No, no, no. Their their moves here. Here were their moves. They had a couple moves uh, about sex when I was growing up. One, I think it started at like 13 and they left this fucking little pamphlet that was like seven pages long about changes your bodies were happening and they just left it in the bathroom. So, you know, when I take a shit... How old were you? uh, This was still in Torrance, so I believe I was probably 13 or 14. Wait, but you probably already gone through all your changes. I was fucking shaving, bro! And And then that's when they decided to... Yeah, I think they're like, oh... How did they address your, like... Because, oh, for the... I met Scott, we were 13 already, or 12, 13? Uh, well, it's like the end of 7th grade, we both probably had just turned 14, I imagine. No. No, 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 7th grade is 15. 14 is 8, and we were both 15 in freshman year. No, we were 16 freshman year. No, we weren't. What are you talking about? We were 16 sophomore year. Yeah, so... Because I was driving... We, we had the permit side. the freshman year, because we were early. Yeah. We were on the early side of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So fifteen, fourteen. So we met at the. We just turned thirteen. Anyways, when I met Scott, we were thirteen, going on fourteen, boys. And Scott had a full-on beard and mustache. I did. I had a. It wasn't as you. So said. yeah. It wasn't yeah. like this, but it was more like. But why it's like this now is because he had a really good starting. I've been working on it for decades. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what I'm trying to say is, anyways, like, so what? What's the address? How's everybody addressing that? Like. You're going through changes. Obviously, you're going through changes. My family didn't. They're just. But like, if someone hears a razor, or I did, you take it on yourself. Like, I need to get a razor. I think I took it all. I think I just took the disposable ones that are around the house. And you're just like, I'm gonna take care of this. Yeah, and I started getting real like, real uh, bonsai. With how how quick was it? Like, what age exactly were you like? Fuck, I gotta take. I because like, like sixth grade. Okay. No, no. I had a. I started getting a mustache in fourth or fifth. Okay. Peach fuzz mustache. Okay, and that peach fuzz is like the most anxiety, biggest anxiety ever. Yeah, I felt I felt weird, but then like when I talked to people, 
later on in life, they're like, oh yeah, you have this like facial hair already, and like I didn't realize, oh, that's attractive to some to some people at that age because I'm this mature person. But being such a shy uh, wallflower, I didn't think that way. Right, and but he, everybody, you remember we were talking about, and I got I still don't remember the term, mm. but when you're going when you start that adolescence, mm. and you the world you feel like the world's looking at you, mm. right. And not for the right reasons. And I i mean, I remember people telling me, are you going to take care of that? But you knew the minute you took care of it, for some reason there was like this, like, you're stepping into something. Like, you've addressed that, oh yeah, I realize it's there. That was Bilbo going out of his door, bro. Yeah. That was a whole adventure that starts the minute you shave. Yeah. So, you're... But I don't remember that. Okay, so that's what I'm trying to address. Because, like, for me... Well, you need to take care of that. I don't remember that. For me... I was already like, and it's funny because Mickey, I don't think we knew sexually exactly, but we've always loved women. Mm-hmm. Like, and Mickey was even like, Mickey's more advanced than I was because Mickey didn't have the same type of like problems I did as a kid, but he was already like having girlfriends in kindergarten and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. But like, so already there was always a curiosity and attraction towards women right. or girls when I was a, when I was a boy little boy and then like I was always around older girls when I was younger and I had that like really cool relationships so like I always had that attraction so when I had my first sex ed class it was like fifth grade they took us for a few days uh like portions of like a day like maybe an hour for a course of three days yeah, separated us, boys and girls, and, like, informed us on what's going on in our body and everything. And then in sixth grade, had that again. And then seventh grade, I think... We did in high school. I know that. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is I think I had it, like, sixth, seventh, eighth, and freshman year. But what I'm saying is from the beginning, I was, like, it wasn't shocking to me. I was already aware, aware that my mom had had Mickey that way you know I my parents had always they still are like really sexual parents I really crazy cool parents in some weird ways yeah yeah yeah. and I think like and um my brother and sister are very open and sexual people too so like but it was very it wasn't like conservative like missionary like that type of shit but it was just like pornos off the table you know from the beginning because my mom's like an artist she believed in like exotic beautiful art nudity nudity but no porn and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i don't think i i grew up like they were acknowledging they were the ones that signed the release forms for me to go to these classes there's just some like discussion something like that but there i think i didn't grow up not being informed about sex mm-hmm. and yeah. i feel like for you though you're yeah. you're like totally. flaming not flaming <laughs> I guess it could be flaming. You're like, but you're like, I'm going through my fucking changes and where's the acknowledgement because I'm feeling all this. I need to have this discussion and you're not having that. I didn't want to discuss it. Of course. I I mean. But that's, that's something I think you get. That's not your decision to make. That's not. We never discussed it though. And I do remember, I think this was freshman year of high school, possibly sophomore, maybe freshman uh, I remember my dad took me on a drive, and then something like, um, I think that's when he addressed it, like, yeah, you know, you're growing up now, 
and I was like, yeah, oh shit. I knew I knew where the conversation was gonna go, right? You can kind of tell what the yeah, parents yeah. are about to try to talk to you about. And they always like to pull that thing where it's like, hey, let's go, uh, you know, let's go do something. And then the car ride is the place where you're trapped. And you have to fucking listen. You're like, yeah. oh no. Like I just got myself into this serious <laughs> conversation. But it only, the drive was like three we minutes. About we went to that things. shell station off of, um, off of Winchester and whatever the cross street is to Margarita. Salon. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Salon. And um, walked in, I'm like, what are we doing? We're getting snacks. <laughs> and we're wandering around looking, and then he's like, ah, there we go. And grabs his box of condoms. And then we walk to the checkout and he buys them. Wait, how old were you? This is like freshman year of high school. Maybe eighth grade, maybe. It's somewhere around. Okay, okay. And um, we get out, we, get, we walk out the door, we start to kind of go around to our sides of the car, and he goes like this, he goes, here, tosses it to me, I grab it, and he goes, I'll never ask you about those. And that was my sex talk. That sounds like your dad. Yeah. With you. And uh, 36, I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, I don't think you need to be worried about just trying to figure it out, because you also, those condoms were 1998, and you didn't lose your virginity until 2004, 3? Yes. Yes, that's true. So, yes. <laughs> I don't, honestly, I don't remember what I did with them, either. That's the obvious, unless you jerked off in them, I you obviously did that. Until later in life, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is kind of a luxury yeah, that I can no, enjoy. Like, it's expensive. It's, it's an expensive ex- habit if you do that. It is. Um, it, yeah, and uh, yeah. So useful. Hey, pro tip to any of you guys listening that you're like, man, I don't have anything. Well, it's a pro tip to women too if they want to use objects that they're concerned about, but they think will feel or might actually provide yeah. things that they're pretty confident about. You know, put the condom on that. You put the condom on that, and it's sanitary, and you can kind of save yourself from concern. And women, I just know this from being with people that have been. No, totally, it makes makes perfect sense. And really, women, you should have condoms too. Don't ever rely on the dude, Um, because most often guys. Yeah, and "Mm, and I'm trying to go in. You know what? Like the stigma needs to go. Like Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Like everyone should always be prepared. Um, yeah, you're not a slut if you have condoms. But talking about your preparation for like a decade and not even using it, basically. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. So you you kind of like so my whole thing, and it this is funny is like my parents are like, you know, I realize what it is, everything like that. But I grew up with these like religious, you know, growing up Muslim. I'm not supposed to lose my virginity till I get married. And I'm sure you're kind of growing up with that in your Christian household, right? Mm-hmm. And but for me, like that, all that, it, trust me, all the pressures, everything like that. My horny little ass loses my virginity at 15 years old, right? Right? Jackrabbiting away, away, just like, and just trying to have sex in the craziest ways, like at night, like. Sneaking in my bedroom, sneaking in her place, she's sneaking over, we drive and so, you know, like what teenagers do when you're just like having sex for so many years, like during high school, you got to find places to have sex. So you get crafty, you get caught, shit happens, it ruins your relationship with your parents for a while, but you're just so horny and that's what happens when you have sex when you're in high school. Sometimes. You don't have that experience. Uh, I have every bit of that experience with the exception of the having sex part. I snuck out, 
Why? Why? Went to girls' places. Why? He, he, bro, I was in bed. Why? Making out. Making why? These girls. Why? And I never. Why? I don't remember. Why? 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 I don't know. Like, they pro- I don't know. They. You obviously are a cool guy. <laughs> you. I, but if I, I remember in high school too, person, like you knew yeah. these. Yeah, but still, I mean, we're we're obviously there's like some, a DNA, there's a chromosomal like thread that the, your whole energy is being thrown through as you sit through this universe. Mm-hmm. You're that you're that unique expression, right? So you're, there's still some Scott, and you're still you're still the sweet Scott that I knew from back then. Yeah. And I know why girls liked you. And I know why you ended up in their beds was for very sweet reasons. I didn't know they liked me, though. Yeah. Dude, if you're naked in bed with them, making out with them and stuff me. like but that. But I didn't know they... See, I was in this virgin mindset. I thought everybody was like, oh, like, we just won't. I think the one in the bed where I snuck into her house, we were kind of like, okay, we're not going to have sex. Um, I remember one girl, though, I was on a couch. We're making out. We're pretty much naked and she keeps reaching down and trying to put me inside of her and I'm like and she was we were drunk and so I kept thinking like oh I think she's mistakenly trying to like put me inside of her we don't have a condom she you know she doesn't know what she's doing so I'd like casually like so maneuver myself the, and then she passed out on top of me yeah yeah so I think like <sighs> the discussion the lack of communication about sex yeah leads to you having a lack of communication of sex with your partners yeah Okay. And I'm very poor at communicating. Right. In all aspects of my life. But then, okay. So now, how does that lack of communication with sex commu- commu- communicate, translate into the sex you have and the sex related activities that you do? That, I guess, yeah, you would relate to that feeling. Because those are your foundational sexual experiences. That's how you come into sex. And now, because are you, are those in response to it? Also, I mean, mind you, there's years between that where you've also, you know, you served in the army, you know, yeah, like all these different things. There's a plethora of things, but this is your foundational association with sex. So, next question? You're, so what what we were talking about is like where I'm very vanilla. Yeah, it's, it's something about communication. And I said because okay, because you didn't have communication early on in the beginning of your sex life, mm-hmm. right? Or your pre honestly ever ever okay maybe never, you never had, honestly never never had communication. Right. Okay. Yeah. But you're able to do these extreme. Be part of like these extreme sexual because experiences I, because people because people know that I don't gossip about my my bed partners. I don't. I never talk. So you're them. seeked out. So what what I'm saying is I they feel comfortable and they how trust about this? Me. No, no, hold on. Yeah, they trust me to open up, and so it's more of a one way communication. They're communicating to me things because they know I'm never going to judge them I'm never going to talk about it to other people and it's going to stay between us and I'm going to help them fulfill whatever they, they want but I don't I to me it doesn't occur to me to open up and talk about like 
what I want. Right. You know? <clears throat> just sometimes I don't even know. Like, if you... I've had uh, some people ask me, like, well, what are you, what are you into? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel... Yeah, I just don't fucking know sometimes. Can you illustrate the whole process of having a night or a day of this? No. Huh? Like, what is it? How do you find your community... Or how, how did you become part of it? Oh, uh, I got back from Iraq and I got on uh, one of those sites. It was like uh, Adult Friend Finder. I got on Adult Friend Finder back in the day. Yeah. And that, I met some people and then that transitioned to the the sister company, Alt.com. Okay. And Alt.com is where I met this one person in the chat room. And she's like, yeah, we have these like uh, house parties for kinky people. It's small, it's private. She come check it out. I went by myself. This and this is your first kinky experience. First, first ever. I didn't know what to expect. Okay. Um, and so, uh, and I just showed up to this house in the middle of the woods, and there's a door person. I was like, hi, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> hi, hi. Hey, I'm, I'm here for the. I'm here for the. I'm here for the dungeon. Uh, yeah. And they had. A and did you know it was a dungeon? Yeah. Because what they, did you know? What were you wearing? How were you approaching this establishment? I probably had some hip jeans on, uh, maybe like a, a cool button up, some little nothing like you would normally see. I think the button up I had, I got in like uh, the island Maria in French Polynesia. It was unique. It was like some. I probably had a chain wallet. Uh, most likely a, some sort of cuff, a bunch of cuffs or something. It was a little like edgy rock look. Not dissimilar to how I am now. Um, but obviously shorter hair. Lots of shorter hair. Because uh, of the army thing. And I just showed up. I was like, hi. And I found out that... What, what is that like? That you're like, you like, ding dong. Uh, fucking nerve wracking. Did Was it like a knock or... A- like, yeah, literally, I mean, like, because yeah. we all, like, no one's walking up to a, what we think is like a gangbang or whatever. Dude, and from the outside, it's just, there's forest all around this house, it's pretty dark, <laughs> there's some cars there, but, like, people carpool and stuff, and it's not a large party at all. So, I'm just like, I was too caught naive or dumb to think, like, oh, maybe I'm about to walk into, like, get mugged or getting kidnapped, you know, like, whatever, yeah. I don't know. Um, you hear about things like where people need Craigslist to buy stuff and they get, you know, done. I, I like that. Okay. Like, I just never, it never occurred to no, me. No, no, no. But like at the end of the day too, like I still have faith in society that for the most part, people are just trying to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Despite my, my hatred for general humanity, I, I still would do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Completely naive and just like. Uh, just okay. best, nothing but the best is gonna happen. So you're you're like approaching guess, this house. Someone comes out. They've got like a list. Uh, I think you have to like. Did you like email? Like you have the email, your phone number, you got code. Um. Yeah. You kind of talk to the person beforehand. You. Do you have to pay? That was because someone who goes to the party let me know. So it's like. Did you have to pay something? Yeah, you have to pay something called like a membership, and that's really for it's a one-time thing, and it's just. For the structure. And you're part of like this community within this vicinity area? I wasn't. This is the very first No, but I mean, like, that's what that membership kind of entails? This particular group of people, this one dungeon, this one house dungeon that these people are in, and their basement was turned into a dungeon, and then a couple rooms was like a wax room, there's a doctor room. Okay, 
So back room. you wait. Let's can we rewind for like rewind, just rewind. a minute? Whatever you want. You come back and were you like already like anticipating looking for this, or did like and I was not. Okay, and then you find it and you're just like, why not? Yeah. Okay, and then but you're good. Christian boy values does that come in you know, no 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 because at that point I don't know where I was the the hardcore Christianity we talked about at the end of my high school last episode yeah that sort of started chilling out sometime during the army probably and then getting back so the type of explosions too especially the the one that really rang my bell there's been a few I got caught in a few explosions the one that really rang my bell mm-hmm. Came in such a way where it, my brain hit inside my head in this frontal lobe area. It's like a left frontal lobe, mm-hmm. um, which anyone who's taken like an intro to psych class will know about the study of, of Gage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gage wasn't Gage anymore. It's this dude back in the railroad days and building the railroad, and he gets a fucking railroad um, rebar or something like it shoved into his head. He got fired up into his head and whatever. Mm-hmm. He didn't die, but it affected that part of his brain. Mm-hmm. And afterward, he uh, this was an upstanding dude, right? Mm-hmm. Pillar of his little uh, his little old west community. All of a sudden, he was a drunkard, gambling. Yeah. He was doing crazy shit. Yeah, like he was just out of mind. Gage wasn't Gage anymore. Yeah. So when I got back, <laughs> I felt like I was a completely different person. And right. I was just like willy nilly. Had had uh, the the like uh, your medical staff or whatever, had they addressed that? No, they didn't give a shit, dude. Yeah. They did. They, the bare minimum, and even then, it was like. But I mean, so you were just like, you just had to find that in yourself. Like, yeah, I'm just trying to person. talk to people about like. Uh, yeah, like, I'm not the same person. Right? I mean, this is before, like, we live in a society right now where we know the term TBI is traumatic brain injury. We know CTE is. Right, right, right. We know NFL players get fucked up. We right, right. Concussions. Literally. 10 years ago, TBI was a pretty new term. Right. And they weren't right. like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense because of this. They, they just didn't know. Right. So, just a lot of psych evals, paper tests, and such. Okay. So Nobody digging in and giving a shit to find out, though. So, you're back from Iraq. You're kind of like this new version of you. Yeah. And I don't and, know what that means. Huh? And I don't know what that means. So I'm like, you don't know what it means. And any human being, like... Uh, I think, and I talk, uh, you know, sex also, why I say, like, for me, like, I express pain in girls through sex is because, you know, um, even when you're, like, hungover, like, sex feels good because it relieves you from the moment of feeling the rest of the pain in your head, all these things like that. I really, I don't get really horny when I'm hungover. A lot of people get very horny when they're hungover. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. But um, it's also just like another, it's a part of your body, a part of your mind, your emotions that you can learn to control. What is? Sex. Oh. That realm, that realm, your sexuality, your gender, like any of those, I mean, sexual and gender are two different things, but, you know, when you're a whole different, your life is just shifted, you kind of sometimes have to reassociate what, what are those things to you. So, okay. You're about, you're kind of like, are you just kind of like, um, all right, I know I'm numb or 
All right, I want to see what my threshold is. I think it's more numb, and I just wanted to like feel some shit. Because remember, too, it's not just war and the injuries associated with the medication that is the solution. <coughs> right, right. So it's just like take this shit, and that stuff has side effects, like you know. Okay. Crazy That's crazy. So they have you a cocktail of medication as well. Right. And pretty much unsupervised. I'm living on my own. I'm in my own apartment. Live with uh, Tommy. Yeah. Um, oh, good old Tommy. Good old Tommy. Yeah, yeah. We had some good times. Uh, our apartment was called the Red Satin Sheet Lounge because it had just pillows and, and textures all over the place. It was really sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's where, that's where I had many people um, in the community come over and yeah. dip Tommy's toe into it. Yeah. So you became like a member of this community that was like your beginning and yeah. didn't have look back? No, I definitely looked back. It was nice then because like no one's judging anybody. Everyone's just welcoming like, yeah, fucking come on. As long as you're cool and you're not judging other people, I don't give a shit what you do or who you what you're about. Just come on in. Right. Have some, some dip. Yeah. Hang out and talk to the Wait, like, dip is like that's not a euphemism. Like dip, like chips and dip. Oh, it, I, like, no, I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking, like, dip, like, nicotine dip. Oh! I was like, oh, that's, like, the thing everyone, everyone does that when you go to these I'll things. I'll like it in and just fucking... Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're out! It's like, they put it in yeah. like, at the door. It's like, there's a bowl of condom and the there's a dip. Here's your sachet of tobacco. Yeah. Here's, here's your pad. Here's your spittoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't like that. Yeah. Because there'd be a normal... Uh, area where it was no sex allowed, nothing. It's just chill. You yeah, yeah. people, you have your freshmen. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they're also still dressed <coughs> up, right? So there's still like the old dude in just a thong and makeup sitting right there. Right. And there's still like uh, someone in a full gimp outfit kneeling next to someone else. But we're all casually on the couch, right? Mm. A lot of people are, they like, like some people just got the shit put out down there and they're in what's called aftercare up here where they're wrapped up in these cozy blankets, they're being hugged by their dog, petted, you know, just soothed and comforted. Mm-hmm. It's part of the, the experience of this whole thing for the, for the sub or whatever, but um, yeah, that's what we do up there. So these like uh, dungeons are kind of like, kind of like spas. Like everyone's going there okay. for like some like care and treatment. And that's why no one's really like judging or looking at each other. It's kind of like you're into your kink. Everyone's there for their kink. It's I like a kink that, yeah, spa. There's a therapeutic aspect. Right. You can see the spa connection with the dog. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Not yeah, like, no, no, no. I totally not like a, a uh, whorehouse type idea. No, it's a lot more like a spa, actually, because you'll have. They'll be dudes. But I'm sure, like. And the reason why I haven't asked you where was it, location, so on and so forth, is because you could perceive this as a criminal behavior. Yeah, I don't think. I think it was set up that it wasn't. It was, they had all the okay. T's dotted and their eyes crossed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no. But I, I actually, the way I'm thinking, what I'm trying to approach this is because it does, it seems like there are a lot of people that need this type of feeling to feel connected right and so to get to your point like yeah there's no money unlike a spot you're not paying for any of the services mm-hmm. the social clubs you're paying five bucks to be part of the club and you go there and there'll be people like say a dude is uh, 
Power Breaker, right? He's super good with the ropes. He's elaborate knots. He likes to spend people and tie them up in elaborate ways. Right. That's some people's specific kink. And I do would be there. And he'd be like, hey, you know, can I tie you up? Yeah, I'll tie you up. It's fine. Yeah. And girls would be like, hey, tie me up. There'll be dudes who are good with just the single tail whip, right? Yeah. Which is a whole thing. And people like the single tail specifically. Yeah. And so he'll be the single tail guy and you can approach them. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. You approach people like, hey, are you open to playing? Or what's your. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. That's the most communicate, communicative I've ever been sexually. It's yeah. Right amongst those because it's encouraged and there's zero judgment. But are, are people going there to get laid? A lot less sex at the one I'm talking about than some of the sex parties yeah. um, that I am aware of nowadays. Uh, a lot, that was really more for like the alternative things. Okay, so people are literally going there for some form of bondage, bondage domination, Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Wax, needles, whips. Yeah. Role and plays. It'd be like interrogation scenes, shit like that sometimes. Right. Um, not a whole lot of sex. Like a lot of sex. It that particular. But it, I mean, is it a sense of where like people would leave later on with those people, their doms or people weren't necessarily going to like meet others. You go. You go. So I guess what I'm trying to ask is like the the main point of this has very little to do with an orgasm. Like someone is people. I mean, orgasm, orgasm in the sense of a like with penetration. Right. No, but orgasms in the sense of like someone being brought to an orgasm because of pain, pain. ignition, or the mental. It's the mental space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mental place that really. Right, 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 right. Um, I get that part. Yeah. Okay. Uh, vibration, like yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has nothing to do with two people coming together to penetrate. One penetrate the other. That was never the focus. Okay. Not this particular place. All right. And that's a very, there's a, there's a, it's a very strong thriving community that has to stay underground because mainstream doesn't understand it or mainstream doesn't understand it. More so back then. Now it's like you got 50 Shades Grays out, which was a, popular and people are going like ooh kinky sex yeah it's not as it's not as stigmatized now yeah like being in the south yeah, that was North Carolina that was like uh, you know over 10 years ago it was a different time okay so you you have these experiences and how does that translate into your romantic relationships then uh, uh romance is not a part of my life for a long time after like yeah okay and then so so you're you're part of this for a while, and then what I'm saying is like, do you stop doing this and then you have romance again, or like, what? Yes, I think. So I left North Carolina, obviously. Go back to the parties after I left. Uh, I do remember going to a bondage ball in LA, um, but then I ended up in rehab at some point. Right after coming back. And moving back to <coughs> And then after that, I think I just sort of kind of calmed down a little bit with it. Um, you know, I met my ex-wife very shortly after yeah. we had, and she's she's not into that. Yeah. Um, very very light, very very light things. You know, some blind dates or yeah. Was that like a a conversation that you had, or was it like I'm just gonna like no? 
Hey, let's try these handcuffs with fur on it. It's cute. Yeah, yeah. There was a couple of times of that. Yeah. And the time, there was maybe like one time I might have like expressed something a little more edgy than that. Yeah. And um, I just remember being very cold. Like, was she aware of your background? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I do remember like being met with like a cold silence. <laughs> she wasn't angry at me. She was just like thrown off. She didn't just whatever. Like, and I, at that moment, I, I, I found myself fucking pulled back. And I don't think I ever. And that's not your okay. So you know that's not your fault though, right? What? Like whatever you feel and whatever your perception, your sexuality, all that stuff. Yeah. If someone can't handle it. I know that. No, okay. I know that, but it definitely didn't at the time to keep. Well, because you're married to that person, right? At the time, so that's kind of fucked. And that's what I mean by like, you're married to someone that you can't communicate about your sexuality with, mm-hmm. right? And so that puts you in a place where already that's one probably reason why that becomes your ex-wife. Probably, and I think um, this whole kink thing. Uh, I think in the rehab and after rehab, I was like, "Well, I need to, I need to be a specific way in order to be quote unquote healthy, right?" Was kink? Was your kink addressed? Was your kink addressed in rehab? No, because I think I associated it with just. Um, just trauma like PTSD and shit like that and so I was like well I'll take care of that in therapy and rehab and this won't be a part of my life anymore so I just won't even bother with it right so you try to compartmentalize it yourself I assumed it would go away with the compartmentalization like it wasn't I assumed it wasn't like a real like it wasn't just all of a sudden fully changed like oh this is something new I thought it would be a phase and it were you to an extent, it kind of is. I'm not I, like I'm not. I don't have the desire to go like plug back into this kink community anymore. But I want to say I didn't get down with some some new shit. Sometimes. But ro- I guess so. Like romantic sex. No. Today's word. Uh, so like the the sex I guess I've been talking about, and like I guess you must experience when you're in a relationship. Or you have sexual partners that are into kink. Are you having experiences that you enjoy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, let's say you do find a partner that you are able to be like, hey, this is what I'm about. And and you know for sure she's like, accepts that about you. But she's just like, it's still not me, but she's everything else. And that romantic sex is everything else but it just doesn't press on to the kink I'll be fine you'll be fine like it's not something you're like I don't think so I mean, you're hungering for yeah I don't need to beat the shit out of my partner that's not a okay like that doesn't do it for me that was always a you want this right I can do this for you because right. I trust myself to watch I'm very good at watching subtleties of people right seeing right. if they're okay okay um, but also keeping them in the space where they're like this is Right, right. But I made very conscientious of that. Mm. I was always very good at that. And so, and I don't even have to, I never even had to say, um, so, so after the, the ex-wife, uh, it's not like I was looking for partners, but somehow they, they sniffed it out. Well, you're projecting that energy. Yeah, they're like, this guy will choke me. Yeah. And fuck me like a, I want. Yeah. Essentially. 
and so it felt it always fell into that role. And then the some of the problems I've had in this recent sort of singleness is I'm only viewed as this one masculine dominant like take control that and that's it and they're my prey right I'm this predator and that's fun that's fun for me don't get me wrong but sometimes I don't want to do that right sometimes I just want to be fucking have some nice sex yeah, have some relax. yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes I want to be like the focus of, of something yeah. yeah you know like I've literally spent hour two hours with someone like tied down and I'm running all over and sensory and doing all this yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Go down on her and, and just yeah. orgasms, orgasms, yeah. orgasms. Never really had that. Yeah. And that reciprocated. Right. I feel that too. You know what I mean? A lot of times, but I I, I do, do come across partners I've had that were really amazing, and I think get it as well. Mm-hmm. That's why like yeah, don't count someone the first couple times. Never. I never yeah. judge the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're just getting to know each other, and I'm, I know I'm not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think I usually oh here's the weird I usually don't even come the first time when I'm sleeping. Yeah. It just won't happen. Some yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. Um, it depends on where my headspace is, what's the motivator behind yeah. my sex. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um but that's fascinating because like I think we're in a time right now where if you see statistics are showing like divorce rate is in a certain place and then teen pregnancy is actually lower mm-hmm. and then you see like teenage sex is actually lower and you're seeing people a little bit um, I think maybe intimidated by sex you know and as much as there is more of a conversation of it maybe the conversation still isn't healthy well, and I would say that I was probably intimidated by sex at that same age. And right. I, 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 what that tells me is they have all the resources. They, the fucking internet exists for them now. They have all the resources in the world to learn and educate them about sex and it's still intimidating. Yeah. Sex is just a powerful, powerful thing. Because uh, it goes back to like it's something very um, ambiguous. Like... And that's where it goes back to, like, you really define it for yourself what it is. Mm-hmm. And you don't know until you know. And also, that's a journey. Like, we, I think um, society makes you feel like this is your sex life or your sexuality should be such a separate thing. And, not, you know, we, like, try to keep it hidden. But, yeah. you know, like, people like me that expresses it very outward to everything I do and you know I think that makes some people uncomfortable but then at the same time we sit here and I'm like the vanilla one you know that's the fascinating thing so it shows how like there's no real definition of anything it's very ambiguous and that's why people shouldn't stress it it's another just unique expression Right. But, but there's stuff, and like you said, that for some reason, we in the States, the collectively again, yeah. a little more, you know what gets me? Is when people, especially on TV, say like butt talks. Yeah. You can say butt, it's not a bad word. Yeah. But for some reason, they're like, oh, I say butt talks. It's, yeah. it's better. Yeah. It's, it's shit like that. It doesn't, yeah. It seems like a waste of time. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because it's like the extremes. Like you'll, you, women will be so sexualized or like talk about having sex and like all this stuff. But then it goes back to like why are people having sex? And unfortunately for a lot of women, they're still in a place where they're not getting pleasure out of it. Yeah. They're doing it because they're expected to do it. Mm-hmm. They're doing it because, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's, that's the, the only reward they do get. They're trying to, but they're not, they want that, they want that, that connection, that pleasure, and they think they'll get it from this when that's not the case with the partner that they're with. Because the like partner they're, they're with doesn't know why they're doing it either. Well, like you said, like women or not Asian, very healthy. Women have seen this target so often. Yeah. And, and like, if they don't understand that the person they're with just looks at like them as a target, they're like, why don't I feel this fulfillment when I'm having sex that other people talk about? Yeah, and it's hard because yeah, like sex can be used as a weapon as well. Like the, that negative energy. And it's up to men and women use it the same way. Like I've been in situations in my life where sex has been used as a weapon on me. And it's like people need to ask themselves, why are they having sex? How's the, how do they weaponize sex? Um, I don't know. Let's just say like, kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, like withholding. No, no, no. Like, you better have sex with me or I'm going to do this to myself. Kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, yeah, over a course of, like, different women have done that. Yeah, yeah. In crazy situations. I know you're not the only one that's been on that. I've never been in that situation. Yeah. I know a lot yeah. of people in your situation. Yeah. And then I've been in situations, like, I'm going to spill my kinky child a bit, but I've been in situations where women have gone physical with me. Mm-hmm during sex or like force me and trying to be physical and trying to force me because of their anger or whatever is going on yeah so essentially rape or it is rape yeah but i you know you just protect those people yeah but um yeah so that's what i mean though like going back to why do you have sex so i think for me i always you know Trust me, I'm horny as fuck. That's why I am so sexual. We know this now. I think yeah. they know. Our That's why I am so expressing my sexuality all the time. Like I, and I enjoy that. I appreciate about that. My, that part of myself. I think that's important. And I think that's part of like spirituality as well. Is to really have a strong, thriving sex drive. And just look at the beauty and sexuality and sensuality of everything. Um, but... Uh, I think, like, I do love it in the sense of, like, some form of monogamy, and I love it in the sense of this journey, like, a spiritual journey, just, like, it, it is, like, meditation. It's another form of meditation. It's another, you're triggering a whole, dude, you can't express it. You know, like, it, it almost takes my breath away to, like, what I'm talking about, because I tap into it as I'm discussing it, what I feel, and I can share that with someone. And I think what happens is the reason why do relationships don't last is one or the other doesn't remember to be grateful for that and how unique it is to be one with someone in the universe to actually be one and i'm not you don't just do that through sex like this conversation is being one with someone 
where everything else is going on in this universe, but we're here in this moment, you know what I mean? But that's just like such a profound... It's difficult. Yeah. It's not And so it's like, I think for me, like that's why sex is so enticing. Like it's, to me, it's, there's no guilt involved in it. I feel like it's like such a, cause you don't reach Nirvana by yourself but you're reaching this like love with someone and it's almost to that point of nirvana like really when your intentions are very pure and beautiful like you're gonna get places you know and i just really believe that and so that's why like i think i keep like a word that and i don't mean this in any like better than other but purity type of sense to it you know what i mean like a sense of it goes back to like a meditation, being able to focus on the core of what sex is. And two human bodies, you know, expressing something, you're really feeling each other out, like feeling each other's aliveness, the heartbeat, the smells, everything. You're reading each other. And if you're both in a place of giving and gratitude, then that, that the realm of that is really crazy. And that that's part of your foundation for what two people share sometimes in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know what you're saying. I just, I don't uh, feel that. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I just wish I felt it. I, okay. And yeah. so that's what, it, and I get that. Like, I get that a lot of people don't feel that. And maybe there's people that I've been with and they didn't get that. And so that's why I really You're infectious, though. I'm very infectious, and I think like so I and what I've seen sometimes is it's so overwhelming for someone I'm dating or I'm with that I think it it destabilizes their existence, and maybe like it's hard to have a boundary when you're internally feeling so much, and then still be able to be an independent person. Because you're feeling that, and it gets addictive, and you feel it, and you don't know how to like be yourself when you step out of the realm, and I think it messes up people or women sometimes. Uh, from people too, and yeah. Cindy, yeah, it's not just the sex. I think just in general, like when you have intimacy with a person, it's really deep, and you can really touch and feel someone, and then they have to step out of it. And they they can only associate you with that deep feeling. They, you know what I mean. What I'm trying to say, like they always are trying to get that deep feeling again, chasing the dragon, chasing the dragon, not realizing there are like 24 hours in a day. We come in all shapes and forms during those 24 hours. They're also in different shapes and forms throughout the day. The moments in time are completely different yeah. each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's a time and a place sometimes. Yeah. 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 Mm. So. Sex. Sex. So we've hit our hour mark. Good. I and I think that was a perfect part two. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah. This was like. A lot, lot of sex again. Awesome. But it I won't think, always be. Se- yeah. Sex podcast. Be- <laughs> yeah. This is the sex podcast. I do not think I'm a sex expert. Sex expert. Sex expert. A sex expert. Sex expert. You know, I'm just like in a place around where I felt really comfortable. I get to talk about yeah. that type of stuff. And we all know I'm not. 
Dude, you know. We already know I'm fucked up. Yeah. I know this. And that's why it was like so interesting. Because I'm actually having this conversation for the first time with him. So. Yeah, you guys have to understand when we're we're talking right now, uh, we we haven't gone over what we're going to say at all. Uh, Sometimes we don't even know what the fuck we're going to talk about. You might see some sticky notes around here. We're scribbling like a couple different things. Like, hey, let's get this. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and we've never had these conversations for as long as we know each other. We've had deep conversations in your office. Yeah, they're more. I mean, like, yeah, they just don't touch on this stuff. It's yeah. Not, not, not where it needs two parts, and it's like two and a half hours long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is the first time, um, and it's really interesting. I didn't. Juxtaposing it really shines a light on how different we are in that one aspect. Right. Um, but it's cool for me because I get to see, like, oh, okay, thank God mine is not the only type of experience. Like, thank God other people are experiencing things different than I am because uh, I know my experience is lacking. Yeah, because I, and yeah, if there is anything, anything to get from this podcast, and it would be not like well in in its entirety yeah and i say this like a lot is like you are at your best when you're embarking on your own journey as long as the intentions you know do not hurt anybody else you know and do not go into so sorry i keep burping whenever we drink these espresso chai kinky chai uh, but yeah, I think your endeavors, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody and you don't get caught up in self-righteousness or narcissism, but you're in a journey of love and you're evolving and fixing your karma and we cannot downplay any aspect of ourselves, you know, our creativity, our love, our abundance, not just the abundance that we're supposed to get for ourselves, but that we provide to others and affection and affection in other forms can come in the form of sex you know also we have a need to have sex as well and that's important it does things for us you know physical benefits as emotional mental benefits so it's like i think it's okay to have that conversation outwardly and if you feel that you know you obviously felt community yeah, the community we, was the bigger part. Yeah, and so that's already there. And, and the lack of judgment, which is yeah. which coming from the super religious end of my high school, makes sense. Right. You know? Yeah. You get ashamed for holding someone's hand and stuff back then. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is, like, crazy. Because, you know, in South Asian community, especially, we deal with that. You know, Muslim community, we deal with that. And, um... It's just, uh, and I think a lot of young people deal with the anxiety of their not being able to address their uh, sexuality because of religion, you know, right? Like dogma. Yeah. Or the not being educated in sex, you know, or whatever your parents, maybe even your parents' sex relationship affects, you know, your sex. Your parents' sex affects your sex. That's like real talk. 
You know what I mean? So because you probably saw you were not having sex, but like <laughs> communicating and interacting. Yeah, and everything. Yeah. My, see, mine never. They never went on dates. Yeah. They never dated each yeah. other once we were born. Yeah. And one of them was always watching us. Yeah. And yeah. then they never fought in front of us. Yeah. They went somewhere else. I. Yeah. Communication. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. The romance and the yeah. recording your person. You know, I didn't get the experience to watch what that looks like. Right, right. right. Well, I know your parents did. Yeah, and so there, I don't think there's anything wrong with like not having that, but you get with someone. I think there, that's where like let's say compromise comes out, right? You you just have to know that someone that's part of their love language. You might learn to appreciate. Right. You know, yeah. learn that love language a little bit, which is important. And if you don't know what that means, love language is usually how person expresses their affection or their love for a partner and how they how they feel most loved by their partner so it usually it's out of touch it's words of affirmation it's um gift gift giving gift acts of service right. one more i'm missing it's like five love languages um touch service sex it's not sex it's not all yeah. the touch, oh, okay. physical touch. But that's the point. Is like if because I, I know both of us, <laughs> yeah, yeah. one of our love language is touch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. why our big, both of our both of us are touching. Big one, but that's not always sexual. Yeah, it could just be like, yeah, yeah. You know, doing your hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Playing with my beard. Yeah, yeah. Just being touched. Yeah. Is great. And uh, this is what we mean by Some people might not know. Yeah, yeah. Go look it up. It's actually really important to right. know your love language. So that you can communicate that to someone else look, and love them how they want to be. Look up everything. Learn about yourself. Yeah. Like you know, go that's on, what we're doing here, man. Yeah, go on your journey. Find out about yourself. It's never gonna end. And no, on that journey, no one should make you feel less of yourself, though. No one should hurt you, abuse you, they might They, they might, might. They might. Consensually. We're telling you right now. Yeah, like don't let those people. Don't, don't let bad people take advantage of you. But at the same time, know what your motivation is. Know why you do what you do, and value yourself. And it's okay to question. It's okay to question, but also know what you deserve and what your standards are and what you want. Mm, right. That's important. That's so, a good. That is a good takeaway. So yeah, I think if anything, that's a great takeaway. I think that's the biggest takeaway. I think the ancillary takeaway is that I'm a little fucked up sexually. The other ancillary takeaway can there be two ancillary takeaways? Of course. Is that uh, no, you, gotta, you can't. You can't say that. Is that sexual yogi? Huh? Huh? No. What? What? Huh? I was just being rude and obnoxious. What were you saying? Oh, now you heard complimentary. I didn't hear your compliment. I didn't hear your obnoxious. Oh, I was like, no, you really have one. Ancillary. Oh, I know. I was just being. No, I was saying I'm fucked up sexually, and you're a sexual yogi. Oh, <laughs> you, hey, that's what we okay. heard today. Actually, what is funny about what has set me on this journey was because I had my high school sweetheart, and first year after we got out, you remember I had that breakup and everything, and you gave me a couple books: sexual reflexology and tantric sex. I have both of those, and I almost brought them to our apartment. Yeah, that started my whole journey. Because, you know, I, I had I had started having sex at 15, and, you know, you're having that weird teenage sex. But I, you know... You weren't this this lotus person that you were... No, I think you were like, it, it already... When you're in a relationship, you go three years with someone, it almost became mechanical. But I... 
I felt like I remember having a sexual experience where I just felt something with her and I was like, oh, wait, there's like so much more to this. But I knew it wasn't really her. It was like the way that I was pursuing Yeah, the potential of sex. And so when after that, everybody had had since then, like, you know, and I, yeah, I just set that up. Like, I, I wanted to know sex and know. I wanted to spiritually like keep that untainted as much as I could and especially last like few years like I've really made it just like it it is purely my physical experience it's not my visual experience through digital media it is really a woman a real life woman is giving me that sexual knowledge so and I think that's been like the most crazy feeling for me in my life yeah on that note, uh, thank you guys for joining us again. Um, we're on all kinds of platforms. Scott, what are they? I don't know. Oh, no, I do know. Uh, I don't know. No, all of them. All of them but iTunes. iTunes still, uh, I don't know, they have a problem with us. SoundCloud, Spotify. Google something? Google Play, right? Google, yeah, Google Play. Did you Play. say SoundCloud? SoundCloud. YouTube. YouTube, yeah. Uh, Instagram for... Like, Instagram, like, like us. Like us on YouTube, subscribe. Tell us on all the social media platforms. The Monkey Brain Podcast. You know it already if you're here. If you've gotten this far. Like us, subscribe us, share us, let us know what you think. High five us. High five us, us on the street, say what's up. Ask permission first. Ask permission. Don't come up to me and hug me. I will freak the fuck out. <laughs> Consensual hugs only, please. We out. Come on, I got a pee.